stay tuned for the Mendocino College Radio Hour with your host, me, Julie McGovern, with the Mendocino College Foundation. So welcome, everybody. Today's Mendocino College Radio Hour is all about scholarships. Um, That's one of the main ways that the Mendocino College Foundation supports students is through our scholarship awards. Um, My guest today is Eliza Greider, who works in the foundation. She is our scholarship coordinator. Welcome, Eliza. Thank you, Julie. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so you are, um, you know way more than I do about scholarships because you've been doing this for for longer than I have. Um, One thing I just wanted to give the listeners was an overview of our foundation scholarships about how much money, like for 2022, did we uh, disperse in scholarships to students? So back in May of 2022 for the 22-23 academic year, we awarded over $206,000 in scholarships. And about how many students benefited from that funding? So we had about 160 scholarships and 116 students benefited from that. So some students get more than one scholarship? Yes, students can receive more than one. Okay. And one of the things that you do is, you know, make sure that the information gets out to the people who need to hear about it so they know how to apply, where to apply, what they need to apply. But um, one of the important questions is who should apply. So who do we focus on when we're thinking about scholarships at Mendocino College? Yeah, great question. I always ask everyone this question, who should apply for scholarships at Mendocino College? And honestly, I say everyone. Um, all of our Mendocino College students should be applying for scholarships as well as we encourage graduating high school seniors to apply for scholarships as well. And do they learn about that at the high school level? Like I know you go out and you do presentations. Talk a little bit about that process. So I actually work with our Reg to Go team at Mendocino College. It's a great department that we have. It's a great resource um, that we offer to our community. We go out to all of the high schools in both Mendocino and Lake Counties, and we are typically there and do presentations to let them know not only about scholarships, but then we're there doing roundtables with the students, digging in and actually working on their scholarship applications with them. Right there, like hands-on? Yes. And how many school high schools in the district are you going to? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't have that number exactly on hand, but um, I would say we're going anywhere in the district to about 15 different high schools. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. And we're, uh, as everyone knows, a very spread out district. So it's a lot of travel time (laughs) in the car. Um, So high school students is one cohort, existing uh, Mendocino College students, and then returning students who might be, maybe they took a little, uh, uh, some time off and they're coming back. I mean, all of those categories of students are eligible for scholarships, right? Yeah, we encourage, like I said, graduating high school seniors, new students, re-entry students, returning students, anyone can apply for scholarships that are, anyone that plans to attend Mendocino College. Okay. And how much is the typical scholarship um, in, in terms of amount? Typically, the amounts run anywhere from $500 to upwards of $2,000. Okay. And those are dispersed over the two semesters. So they'll get half for the fall semester of 2023 
for this upcoming season that's starting um, right now and then the other half in the in the spring. Yeah, that's a typical disbursement schedule for scholarships, but we do have scholarships where the donor asks that we disperse the entire amount in the fall semester. So it just depends on the scholarship. Okay. Um, so how, if somebody was interested in applying, how would they apply? So back in the day when I was in college and you were applying for scholarships, you had to go look at the scholarship board and fill out a paper application for each of those scholarships. And now we actually use a software called AwardSpring. It's a great online platform where students can apply for scholarships. Um, the URL for that is actually mendocinocollege.awardspring.com. And the software is a one application system. So students can fill out one application and the software actually does all of the work behind the scenes for them and filters through um, those scholarships. So if they qualify for a scholarship, it'll fit them into that pot there. So one application is all they have to fill out and then the software puts them into whatever bucket, you know, they would fall into to receive the, to be potentially eligible. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so with that one, um, that one, that one scholarship application, I would say it takes anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half for students to fill it out. So it's a little bit of time for a big payout. Yeah. I mean, if you're getting a thousand dollar scholarship, it's worth 45 minutes. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Um, so, and and that's just found at that URL, but obviously when you go to the high schools, you're working with them and you can actually walk walk through with them. Um, would, would you be okay with giving out your email address in case anyone listening had questions about scholarships? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so my email address is egrider, that's E-G-R-I-D-E-R at mendocino.edu. You can also reach us at scholarship at mendocino.edu as well. Perfect. So the scholarship season just opened yesterday, December 5th. Yes. And it's open until when? It closes actually on March 1st, 2023. Okay. So students have basically three months. Yes, roughly three months to be able to fill out that scholarship application. And does it matter if they do it today or February 28th? Not at all. Okay. But the sooner the better, because then it's done. You check it off your list. Yeah, off your plate. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, Eliza um, works with students. She's available. Like, she just gave her email address if if anyone listening has questions. Um, Really, everyone who is thinking about going to Mendocino College or is already going to Mendocino College should apply. If your plans change and you decide that you're going elsewhere, then you just turn down the scholarship and we will reaward it to another student. But that's a much better scenario than your plans changing last minute and you end up do enrolling at Mendo and then you wish that you had applied for the scholarship. So it's better to take that 45 minutes to an hour and and get it done. Um, So why should students apply And that's a question that probably seems obvious, but we really wanted to go to the source and talk to a couple of students um, who have received scholarship funding while at Mendocino College and and ask them how that impacted 
their journey or, you know, what, what it allowed them to do um, or not have to do in terms of working a part-time job, for instance, um, so they could focus on their studies. And so the, the first um, guest that I'm going to introduce, uh, we talked a little bit with current student Monsi Chan, um, and she's going to tell us about her experience as a Mendocino College scholarship recipient. Okay, so I am here interviewing a current um, recipient of a Mendocino College Foundation scholarship for the 22-23 academic year, uh, Monse Chan. Hi, Monse. Hi. So, Monse, you are a nursing student. Tell me a little bit about your um, journey and why you applied for a scholarship. Um, well, it's been a very uh, long journey for me. Um, I did decide to go into the nursing profession after the birth of my first daughter in 2014. Started my prerequisites in 2016, just kind of etched them out one by one. Um, and I was so fortunate to be brought on onto the Mendocino College nursing program for the cohort of 2023. Um, and it is a full-time um, job, I want to say, but I am very lucky to be where I am today. And when you say it's a full-time job, you were, we were talking before and you were saying that the program actually encourages you, not just you, but any nursing students, not to work because they really want your full-time focus on your studies because it's such a rigorous program and it has um, such a demand of your time and your focus. That is correct. That was um, a conversation that our instructor had with all of us on the very first day. You know, she said, weigh your options and find what works best for you. Take out loans if you need to apply for those scholarships because you will want your focus to be on the task at hand, um, especially because we are dealing with patients' lives and the lives of other people and their families. So we really need to focus on learning the materials at hand. So the scholarships help you how? Like what kinds of things are you able to use the scholarship money for that otherwise you would have to be... Um, trying to work a part-time job or trying to figure out how your husband could could work more instead of being there to take care of your kids? Well, thankfully, um, because of the scholarships that I've received and the foundation grants that I have received, um, I am, I forgot to mention that I am from the coast, so I do commute to be here in person in class three to four days, sometimes five, depending on what my schedule needs. Um, I am out rotated to different facilities in Lake County. Uh, this upcoming semester, I'll be going to Santa Rosa and doing rotations there. So all of these funds will be going towards my travel costs, upkeep on my car. Um, if I need to apply them to childcare or anything like that, I am able to use the funds for what I need. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that your husband, um, because you have two young children, while you're in this program, he's sort of making sacrifices too to pick up the slack um, and be able to be there when you when you're not there and and be able to support you and and so the scholarship money probably takes a takes a load off of his mind as well. Yes, he is having to work very very part time because he is the primary caregiver for both of our children. Um, at the moment. So he's not able to bring in that normal full-time income. So this money does help cover some of those household expenses as well that uh, come up frequently, you know, emergent situations too. I just had my uh, tire um, flattened by a rock the other oh, day. No. That's um, never on, good. On Highway 20. But it's one of those, you know, expenses you don't necessarily account for, but I'm so grateful to be able to have funds for that rainy day that should something like that come up. Yeah, and we know that that life that happens that just you you can't always plan for for the worst. Um but that's why we 
fundraise for scholarships and why we are so appreciative of our generous donors who donate um, money for scholarships, be they perpetual or annual, um, because they help students just like you, Monse. And thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. Thank you so much for having me. I am ever so grateful. (laughs) And good luck with the rest of your semester. I'm sure you're going to make a great nurse. Thank you. Thank you. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour on KZYX. My name is Julie McGovern, your host. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. Our topic today is scholarships, and my guest is Eliza Greider, the scholarship coordinator for the foundation. So thanks for being here again, Eliza. Thanks for having me. Um, So we just heard from Monsi Chan, who is a current nursing student and lives on the coast and was emphasizing how important the scholarships are for making her life work, which sounds like they're juggling a lot, but making it happen. Um, One thing that comes up uh, sometimes is the impact um, of scholarships on financial aid. A lot of the students, I would say the majority of Mendocino College students, are receiving some form of either state or federal financial aid. So what would you say to a student who said, well, I don't want to apply for a scholarship. It's going to jeopardize my financial aid. So financial aid can be really complicated. I mean, you talked to Juliana last month regarding uh, financial aid and FAFSA and the DREAM Act application. And what I would say to students is most of the time financial aid and scholarships go in conjunction together. Um, Typically, students do have some form of unmet need, even if they are receiving financial aid. So I just always encourage students to apply for scholarships. We have scholarships that are a requirement is that they have financial need, but some of them, they don't have a financial need requirement. So, Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. And then what does it actually look like in terms of like getting into the application. We didn't really talk about that much when we talked about, you know, you can go to mendocinocollege.awardspring.com and that's where you can find the application. The application season opened yesterday, December 5th, and it it closes um, March 1st. But what will a, a student applying for a scholarship actually find when they get into the application itself? What does it ask for? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, So basically, students do have to be a Mendocino College student before they can apply for scholarships. So they have to fill out that Mendocino College application. A lot of times we're working with our high schoolers on those uh, Mendocino College applications prior to applying for scholarships. And the great part, again, just to make it a little easier for students, they use their MyMendo login that they receive once they become a Mendocino College student to log into their scholarship application. So once they get into their application, there's a whole dashboard. It lets them know what needs to be finished, um, how much work they still have left for their application. And when they go in, really, I mean, the application for the most part is pretty general information. Uh, The biggest things on the application, I would say, are the essay. This takes the most amount of time, as well as the scoring scales. And I say scoring scales because we don't do letters of recommendation anymore. We've gotten away from that just because we saw that it was presenting barriers for students, not only students, but those people that they were filling out the letters of recommendation for. So, um, And that meant that if a student asked somebody to do a letter of recommendation and they didn't, that actually hurt the student, yes. even if it was out of their control. Yeah. So, so we kind of got away from that. And with the essay, I would say, I mean, it's a 500-word essay. It's pretty self-reflective for the most part. Uh, We ask them five questions, and those are, 
Why is it important for you to receive a scholarship? What's your education and your career goals? What's your financial need? What are any challenges you've overcome or barriers that you've faced? And why are you attending college? So it is pretty self-reflective, like I said, and I just always tell students to when I'm talking about the essay because it's not always easy to put your story out there, especially when you know that there might be dozens of eyes on that essay reading all about your story. And I just always tell them, like, be vulnerable. Put it out there. Like, you do have something to tell. You have something to speak about. Um, And it's important for us to know what's going on. And so I just always say to, like, give yourself plenty of time when you're working on the essay um, and have someone else read it. Uh, That's always a good idea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. No, the essay is probably the biggest part. And then I guess if we want to talk about scoring skills. But the essay, just really quick, I Mm -hmm. want to say that, you know, my first time reading applications this past spring, Mm -hmm. I was really moved by a lot of what was in the essay because a lot of what's in the application otherwise is sort of like address, email, GPA, you know, very cut and dried facts. Yes. But the essay is the student's opportunity to really, um, like you said, tell something about their story. I was moved by how many students said they were the first in their family to go to college. How many of them decided early on in their, you know, being young, fairly young kids, that they wanted a better life. Yes. You know, and we had a number of of students applying for scholarships who were formerly incarcerated. Yes. Who were really trying to get back and on track and make positive changes in their life. And so even if your historical GPA is not what you wish it was, the essay is the opportunity to really shine a light on you know, your, the challenges that you faced and how you overcome and, you know, just really tell that part of the story. Absolutely. I feel like all of these students that we get to read their essays, it's so inspiring and everyone deserves a scholarship. Everyone deserves to be able to go to college and obtain an education and be able to go on the career path that they want to go on. Mm-hmm. So it's up to them. And I think that, you know, displaying that vulnerability is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's also important, um, and I think you might get into this in a minute with the scoring scale, but so some um, students who might not, let's say they graduated 15 years ago, you know, and they're like in their early 30s and they're very far feeling from that high school senior, but they want to, you know, become an auto mechanic or apply for the nursing program or be a physical therapist assistant. Um, A lot of those students, the older students, you know, have families and obligations. They could be taking care of children. They could be taking care of uh, parents or other family members. Um, So they could be working a full-time job while taking part-time classes. And all of that is relevant you know, to what we want to know when we're reading those essays, um, because that's all part of their picture. Absolutely. We asked students um, about their like volunteering or their community service. And we made it just a couple years ago, we put a change into that section there to make sure that they were telling us about their life experience. You know, if you're a single mom, and you've got three kids, there's not a whole lot of room for community service. So we want to know that about our students as well. Mm hmm. Well, um, another person that I spoke to who um, received a scholarship 
I believe it was in 2010, so 12 years ago or so, um, I spoke to Ignacio Ayala, and he has a different story to tell, particularly as a student who was not eligible to receive the full package of financial aid like so many of our students are. So let's hear what Ignacio had to say. So this is Julie McGovern. I am interviewing Ignacio Ayala. He is the Deputy Director and Latino Program Director for SPACE, the School of Performing Arts and Cultural Education in Ukiah. And Ignacio is a former Mendocino College student and a recipient of Mendocino College Foundation scholarships um, two times. So welcome, Ignacio. Thank you for having me. Thank you for speaking to me today. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your experience as a recipient of Mendocino College Foundation scholarships and what it meant to you in terms of your educational journey. If you can talk a little bit about that. Yes, the I was very fortunate to be able to receive two different scholarships to attend um, a few semesters at Mendocino College. Um, unfortunately or unfortunately, however we want to see it, I. Um, immigrated to uh, the U.S. when I was a child with my family and was not able to apply for any financial aid, any different financial assistance from the state or from the government. And it was harder for me to even think of ever taking college classes or seeing friends moving out of the state to take classes because they they were able to receive um, bigger uh, government scholarships, student loans, or financial assistance. So the thought of me being able to fill out a, a application, fill out a form, and find a few letters of recommendation from uh, teachers and peers who believe in what I can do and just turn it in and, and receive um, money for school was, um, was like a dream come true. I, um, I wasn't able to receive financial assistance, financial aid from anywhere else, and I didn't really drive or anything as well since I, I legally couldn't work or, or get a driver's license. So um, the scholarship itself paid for uh, my bus pass for MTA to actually go to uh, take the college classes and for all my books. I actually, that was the first thing I did was with um, the scholarship and an EOPS um, voucher buy my books because those are really, that's what's more expensive and then be able to buy monthly bus pass for every month to be able to ride the bus um, to go take the, co the college classes. And, and this was um, at least a decade or so ago because currently now students ride for free on the bus. So evidently that wasn't the case when you were there. <laughs> Correct. This was, we're talking about um, maybe maybe 12 years ago. Okay. Back, back in the day. <laughs> and at that time, you weren't eligible because of your status to receive some of the aid you're saying that you saw your, your fellow peers receive, whether it was FAFSA, financial aid, or, or through the state, because this was prior to the DREAM Act, right? Correct. This was all prior to the DREAM Act, and the assistance I did receive was a fee waiver assistance that the college had uh, where I paid less for units. And then, obviously, the Mendocino College Foundation scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was a, a amount divided into two two different session semesters, mm -hmm. um, and that's what helped again just buy my books, buy the bus passes, and I think the bus pass was only like thirty five dollars a month. But those thirty five dollars do add up, especially for someone who 
um, couldn't really work mm-hmm. um, or, or receive other income. Were you a full-time student? I was a full-time student. So I was a full-time student then, and then I did uh, some volunteer at Space and at like Ukiah Players Theater. I was um, part of the theater department at the Mendocino College and just receiving a lot of uh, education regarding um, act, the acting program, the technical theater, backstage, lights, um, and I was also working on uh, receiving a certificate for computer science. So uh, I'm a little tech nerd. <laughs> so those are skills that as, as a deputy director and a Latino program director at SPACE, I don't know what you were working as in your capacity at that time at SPACE, but it was obviously relevant what you were studying at Mendocino College to what you were doing then and what you do now. Correct. I've, I've, al- I've always been fascinated with theater at a young age, and I knew I wanted to do something that always involved uh, theater. And that being said, there were things that I couldn't do back in the day because of my legal status, as in move out of Ukiah and, and go to a city where you actually do more theater because mm-hmm. of my legal status and being afraid to get out and... and something might happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, growing up here, taking advantage of the theater department that the college has, and then once my legal status, once I became a, a U.S. Uh, resident and now a citizen, I was able to like apply for this fun job at Space and, and keep doing theater. And I'm like one of the, I help with some of the tech stuff here as well. And I'm just very fortunate to be able to have received this these scholarships 12 years ago and now I'm doing things I, I wanted to do thanks to the foundation of Mendocino College. Yeah and what would you say to any students or parents of students or um, anyone who knows like a, a student who was in your situation who might be today undocumented and might not be eligible for some of that financial aid in terms of applying for a scholarship? Uh, um, I actually, I had someone back then give me this advice and it's like, Ignacio, a lot of people are not applying for those scholarships because they're receiving FAFSA, they're receiving other, other money that might be easier for them to apply to. Apply, apply, there's so much money available that people don't take advantage of. Um, it does not take a lot of work to fill out a, a form and, and ask for a couple letters of recommendation and at the same time, I feel like receiving a scholarship makes you, made me at least proud of what I was doing and proud to like have this acknowledgement that I, I've accomplished something and, and received funding to help me uh, with my education. So just go ahead and apply and ask questions as well. If you think you can't apply, that's what I kept doing was asking questions of what source of funding can I receive because I couldn't receive a lot of the funding and the scholarships were, this scholarship at least was one of them. Because I know back then there were other scholarships where there were um, some requirements for that funding and some of those requirements were that you needed to be a legal resident of California. So fortunately the college was very lenient on some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well that's one thing that we like to tell students is that you apply and then the software filters you into what you are eligible for. So you don't even have to know, you just should apply and then let the software do its thing. And because we want to give out the scholarships because we believe in students like you, Ignacio. Thank you. And the other thing I remember, and I, I know things have gone 
better or changed was you fill out one application, one form, you ask for those two or three letters of recommendation, and it, you apply for so many scholarships available, as, as Julie said. And I think that was what other people were scared of, because usually you have to write your, your essay and your statements and everything to 10 different uh, scholarships that you apply for, mm-hmm. not for the college. And that's, I think that's something that really uh, helped me at least. Well, thank you, Ignacio. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you, Julie. If you're just joining us, this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour. I am your host, Julie McGovern, Foundation Director. And my guest today is Eliza Greider, Scholarship Coordinator for the Mendocino College Foundation. And that's because our subject today is scholarships. The who, what, why, where, and when about scholarships. Our season just started yesterday, so it is open until March 1st. Anyone who's interested in applying for a Mendocino College scholarship should visit mendocinocollege.awardspring.com. And we just heard from Ignacio Ayala, who's the deputy director at Space in Ukiah and a former recipient of Mendocino College Foundation scholarships. Was there anything that jumped out to you that Ignacio said that you wanted to comment on, Eliza? Goodness, I mean, what a wonderful story Ignacio is and what a shining star. I just, I love those kinds of stories. It's so inspiring. It's why we do what we do. And like Ignacio said, it's it's so easy to ask questions. I feel like so many students are intimidated to ask questions, but we truly are accessible at the foundation. We want to help students. We want to be there as a resource for you and just utilize us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are no dumb questions. You know, absolutely I mean, not. Any question that you could throw at us, we've heard before, and if we haven't, we should have a prize it's for that. Typically, a good question at that right? point, then, right? Yeah. So we've heard a lot about how to apply for scholarships, where to go. We've heard now from a couple of students um, who have given their perspective on how essential getting scholarships has been in their education journey and supporting them on their pathway to whatever career, in in, um, Monse's case, nursing, Ignacio's case, it was more theater and, you know, computer science. Um, But a key component of why we're able to even give out scholarships is that we have very generous donors. And these are people and organizations and families and businesses right here in our community, in our district, in Mendocino and Lake Counties, who believe in the power of education enough that they have contributed funding to give out scholarships to students. Um, And we are so appreciative because that's what allows us to make dreams like Monse's and Ignacio's come true. Um, So because I wanted to hear a little bit of the donor perspective of, you know, sort of what motivates someone in our community who endows a scholarship, I had a conversation with Martha Barra, and she talked with me about setting up a perpetual fund to honor her late husband, Charlie Barra, and their particular scholarship benefits um, agriculture students. So I am talking today with Martha Barra, and Martha um, actually was on the foundation board for, for quite a few years back, um, back in the 90s. But um, we're talking to Martha because she is a scholarship donor, and she endowed a perpetual scholarship in memory of her late husband, Charlie. 
And so Martha, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about why you decided to endow a scholarship in Charlie's memory. Well, Charlie was very much a leader in the North Coast um, grape growing industry. And he, his focus not only was on agriculture, but it was on education too. He was the founder of the St. Mary's School Foundation. So it was only natural for mm-hmm. um, to extend our donations to the college, uh, recognizing the needs within the agriculture community for ag-specific ag um, training that we would hope that would come out of, out of this scholarship mm-hmm. um, gift. And you know, if we talk about scholarships, there are so many needy young adults in our community, and when they can have focus, and if they're encouraged by giving them money for books or travel or whatever it is, you know, that's such a benefit to our community. Mm-hmm. And so, um, since Charlie was very much interested in education, this is one of the reasons that we have uh, chosen the Mendocino College Foundation. And I know you were at the scholarship mixer in May and you got to meet the recipient of the Charlie Barra scholarship. What's that experience like when you actually get to meet the student who benefits from the scholarship? Well, here again, this, this was a student who, in talking to him, had aspirations and then having him define those was very important to see that where he was going on to school mm-hmm. and then um, to see that the money was wisely used. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping that that just continues. Mm-hmm. And there is, um, I've spoken to scholarship recipients who obviously the basic needs that it's helping them with, but there is that recognition, like you just said, about somebody in the community believing in them. I think that that's really meaningful for a lot of the students who receive scholarships is not just obviously the money is the main thing that's important, but that it also conveys to them that, you know, there's support and there's people out there who are kind of rooting for them and who are willing to invest in them because they're the future. Well, this is why I like the designated uh, donor part of it because you can focus on a student who has um, the ability to excel, but then also uh, that interest and drive. And with just a little bit of push um, financially, uh, they can reach their goals. Mm-hmm. And talk about a little the, the setting up of the scholarship. I mean, that process was, was pretty simple. Um, Very simple, yes. And the you know, guidance from the foundation office all along the way. Mm-hmm. So we, um, there was no, no problem with that at all. And so the nice thing about a perpetual scholarship is that you invest enough that it's, it's long term. So it's not just one year that a student benefits. You know that by investing in this perpetual scholarship, every year in perpetuity, there will be a student in the ag department who receives a scholarship and it will be Charlie Barra's name associated with that scholarship. Exactly. So, um, and also too, then, because it's not just the value of one scholarship, that money is drawing interest and um, there's a return on that investment also. Mm -hmm. It just keeps growing and that's why it's perpetual. (laughs) Right, right. 
Was there anything else that you wanted to add about your experience as a donor? Um, well, to... here again, in looking at um, the focus for the Ag Scholarship, it, um, there's a hope that students can meet the needs of the agricultural community. I'm very interested in that, in, in Ag Mechanics, Ag Accounting, um, of course we need an assistant um, field supervisors. They, you know, they're very rare. Mm. So, are you often having to recruit those positions outside of the area, from outside of Mendocino Absolutely, County? for any any higher um, positions. But we also have to bring in H two A workers. Mm -hmm. um, is the legal way to get employees here mm -hmm. during harvest. So mm -hmm. we have to. We've been uh, very fortunate to have that available to us. Mm -hmm. Well, I know the college wants to be responsive to employers and businesses. That's part of the, the model of community colleges is to prepare people for the workforce where they live, right right here in our community. And I know that the ag sector is a big economic um, sector in Mendocino and Lake County. And so hopefully by investments like, like yours in the Charlie Barr Scholarship, we'll be preparing more students to meet those very specific, like you said, ag accounting and, and the mechanics that, that go into operating the machines. Um, that's a highly specialized field that I think community college is well equipped to train um, the, the employers of tomorrow who are the students today. Well, this is the vocational direction that I think is so valuable with our, our local college and mm -hmm. the community really appreciates Mendocino College. Great, well thank you so much, Martha. You're welcome. So we just heard from Martha, who has set up a perpetual scholarship in honor of her late husband, Charlie. Um, let's talk a little bit about what the perpetual scholarship setup is like. So Eliza, Great. tell me a little bit about if somebody had a loved one that they wanted to honor or a business that wanted to start you know, endowing a scholarship, particularly for their industry uh, or their sector, what are the steps and, and what do they need to know? Well, like you said, the great thing about a perpetual scholarship is it it perpetuates into perpetuity. So it just keeps on going. <laughs> How many times can we say that same word? <laughs> um, so basically to endow a scholarship, to create those perpetual scholarships, it is there is the $25,000 level. But like we've talked about before, I mean, we can set those up in different ways. The lovely part about the Charlie Barr scholarship was um, – we gave an initial donation and it was split up over five years. So you can break it up in those years. You can do it in a full amount. Um, and we keep track of that for you. So you can actually even fundraise out into the community, have your family and your friends communicate or <laughs> contribute to that perpetual scholarship fund. And I'm also thinking of perhaps, you know, we just got a call recently from somebody who, turned 71 and had to do their required uh, minimum distribution from their IRA. Mm -hmm. And so that is a certain amount of money that you either give to charity or the government takes it in taxes. Yes. And so they didn't want the government to take it in taxes. So they called us and they said, can we do a long-term scholarship? Mm -hmm. um, so that's something for anyone out there who might be in that situation to think about. Um, you can certainly get in touch with us at Foundation 
at mendocino.edu and we can you know tell you more about the ins and outs of that um but obviously we have other scholarships beyond those perpetually endowed scholarships. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about some of the array of other types of scholarships we have? Yeah, we actually also have a pass-through scholarship um, program with the foundation. And the great part about that is we don't take any fees for that. Um, So 100% of the funds go to our Mendocino College students. And what the how those pass-through scholarships work is they're community typically organizations that come to the foundation and they want to provide a scholarship for Mendocino College students and so the way they do that it's a simple form it's two-sided it lays out their requirements for their scholarship and they donate to us and then we distribute that through our application through AwardSpring and those pass-through donors can also be involved in the review process so they can also be reviewing applications and reading those essays and make their selections as well if they would like or they can of course have the Mendocino College Foundation Board review those applications and make a selection on their behalf. So it's kind of like those donors can be as involved or as little involved, really, as it yeah. Will. I mean, as long as they reply when we ask them for yes. the basic information. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to point out is that we have a number of scholarships that are funded from employees within the district. Yes. So every year um, there are um, classified, mm-hmm. which for people outside the district, you might want to define what that means. So classified is our staff at Mendocino College. And then we also actually have a pass-through scholarship through our management, supervisory, and confidential employees at the college. Um, What's another one? Are there any faculty-endowed scholarships? Yeah, there is. Um, The Faculty Association gives out a scholarship every year. So our community at Mendocino College is very involved in our scholarship process and season as well. And coming up, I believe, is the classified fundraiser. Yes, and, and that's specifically for scholarships. And that's the the classified staff puts together gift baskets, things mm-hmm. like that for people to bid on. And, and all of the money, the proceeds from that little fundraiser go towards funding the student scholarships that yes. classified staff does. Um, and... We don't do athletic scholarships at community college, but we have a fair amount of athletes that do receive scholarships. And for a lot of those athletes who come from out of state, that's important for them because they might not be eligible for Cal Grant. And so um, scholarship funding is is important for supporting our athletes as well. Um, So if you're just joining us, my name is Julie McGovern. I'm the executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. You're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. Our topic today is scholarships, and my guest is the Foundation Scholarship Coordinator, Eliza Greider. So Eliza, you've been doing this for a few years now. Tell me a little bit about how your perspective has changed or, you know, some of the rewarding aspects of, of this work that you do. Oh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because, I mean, we all just came out of a pandemic (laughs) that locked us in our house for two years. So uh, I joined the foundation in September of 2019. So I had about six months before (laughs) I was at a desk at home with my kids running around the house. And my first scholarship season was actually pretty much... from my desk at home so remote (laughs) yes remotely so it was it was just definitely a different scenery um 
than this past year was. And this past year, like I said at the beginning of our show, I partnered with our Reg to Go team at the college, and that has just been an extraordinary part of my job. I've gotten to go out to, like I said, all of the local high schools and be able to work really closely with the students and not only just provide them resources, but become a support system for them. I I had a student last year at Ukiah High School that had just moved to the area and his mom had actually passed away and he was living with his brother and he really didn't know what his future was going to look like and he came to us and actually over probably the two months he came every week and we worked together on a scholarship application as well as his Mendocino College application of course And he ended up receiving a scholarship through us, and we worked on his essay together, and it was just, initially he was scared to share his story. He didn't know how people would feel about putting it out there, but he really did over the time period become really vulnerable and put that information into his essay, and I truly think that it was something that awarded him a scholarship. Mm. Um, I mean, now I've seen them on campus a few times and it's just, it's so rewarding to be able to see those students and that they have that connection when they come to Mendocino College. When Mm -hmm. we're out there providing resources for our students and we're out on ground, um, in our community, it just, it makes big impacts. Mm -hmm. It's been really fun to go to the college days that we have at our centers. So in Fort Bragg, uh, the, the, the Coast Center in Fort Bragg, the North County Center in Willits, and the Lake Center in Lakeport. And all of those sites um, have had and continue to have college days where they invite the local high schools, and sometimes even eighth graders have come. um, And they are just there to learn about the college in general. So there's tables from financial aid and EOPS, but there also might be photography, ceramics, mathematics, MESA, you know, different... um, the veterans athletics and then foundation has a table to of course tell all the students to apply for scholarships we (laughs) we like to remind them over and over but when I've been there with you there have been students who've come over and they're like oh I know you you've come to my high school and done this presentation and so you're like you know a little celebrity (laughs) and well you know I think it's just like in our small community, making those relationships is so important. And like I tell all the students when I talk with them, networking is going to be so vital to your success in your future. So why not start now? Like you have so many students that, you know, of course are a little shy here and there, but when when you give them those resources and when you're that support system for them, it really empowers them to go out there and start networking. And if we can be a hub for students to be able to feel comfortable enough to begin that journey, we're just setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, thinking back to, I mean, I've only had one scholarship season now under my mm-hmm. belt, but, and we actually um, used, I'm thinking of Joseph Ditto mm-hmm. and we used him, um, in our appeal letter because he was um he was given i think two scholarships one of yeah. which was the ned walsh mm-hmm. scholarship which was set up by ned walsh's family and that's um specifically for students who are in the alcohol and other drug studies program and joseph is a um recovering addict he was formerly homeless he had a traumatic brain injury he had a lot of things 
working against him. Mm-hmm. But today he is, I think, close to finishing his associate's degree in the Alcohol and Other Drug Studies program. He is a role model for his son, who I think is around 10 or 11 years mm-hmm. old. Um, and he used some of his scholarship money that he received um, for this semester to buy a laptop so that he could do some of his classes online because he is working full-time as a counselor. Um, he works with the local homeless population and, and trying to get them resources and, and housing solutions. So there's an example of somebody who was what society would have deemed a problem, mm-hmm. and now he's a problem solver and now he's out there doing the work that he knew he himself needed um and i just thought joseph was one of the more inspiring um candidates and he brought his whole family his mom his aunt his his girlfriend his friend his son they were all there for the mixer um and that's a really nice way the mixer is is what we do kind of in May and Eliza can share the date of that one for 2023 but that's an opportunity for the donors to come and meet the recipients of the scholarships and talk with them and it's really gratifying a lot of the donors who come just they just had a great time and really made connections with those students and then you know staff of the college um, come and then some of those pass-through donors um, which I just wanted to give a mention because if people are, are, are not clear, like the service clubs, for instance, yes. so Rotary, um, Kiwanis. Kiwanis is another one. There's a local, like, it's like a women in education. There's a group, I can't, it's like UUAW. A-A-U-W. A-A-U-W. There it is. <laughs> yeah. a lot of acronyms. Um, they do a scholarship and they like to come and. Yeah, we've had know. realty associations do scholarships. Um, we've had churches do scholarships. So, I mean, it's open mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. So if anyone's thinking end of the year, you know, how are we going to do our charitable donations for 2022, um, $1,000 would give a student a scholarship, $500 for each semester next year. And it's a it's a really gratifying way to give back. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into a little bit more about the timeline of you know we talked a little bit about this at the beginning just in terms of that the actual season the application season that we call it the time when the application is open started yesterday monday december 5th and it closes march 1st so what other important things do we need to tell people about the timeline so i'll just make note every year we close on march 1st it's just one of those deadlines that you can keep in your head march 1st is when we close scholarships at the college as well as i always like to plug because i know i was that student when i was in college who my parents make way too much money i'm not going to apply for financial aid because it is a tedious application but the application for financial aid and dream act is due on march 2nd Uh, So we do kind of keep in line, but like I said, um, financial aid opens in October, so you have quite a few months there to be able to fill out that financial aid application, and then um, our application opens in December every year, so there's about three months there to fill out the scholarship application, so there's plenty of time to fill out those two applications, and like I said before, it goes hand in hand with each other. Um, so yeah, our application closes on March 1st, 2023, 
And then typically during the month of March, we review those applications. So our foundation board of directors, every single one of them reviews um, anywhere typically depends on how many applications we receive. That's actually probably something good to plug is we receive anywhere from 300 to 500 applications on an annual basis. Um, and so those, our directors and our those pass-through donors can review uh, the scholarship applications during March. And once they review those applications, typically the first week of April, we notify students of whether or not they've received scholarship awards. Uh, so they get an email letting them know that they received the award. So it's instant gratification right there. And then we mail them out a letter letting them know and then um, in May, we have our scholarship mixer, like we just talked about. And for 2023, it's going to be on Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. And we typically have it right outside our foundation office, which is, if you've ever been to the Ukiah campus, it's beautiful views. It's the courtyard right in front of the, the theater, the Center for Visual and Performing Arts. And it just so happens that in May, the wisteria is in bloom. Yes. <laughs> and there's this whole kind of like arbor of purpley bluish flowers that just not only look beautiful, but are fragrant. And it's a lovely setting to have an outdoor event. Yeah. And the gallery for the college is right there. So there's lots to do in that courtyard in that time that we have our scholarship mixer. That's true. And we, and we um, get lots of great photos of the donors and the students and our staff and boards of directors. Last year, or this past year, the board of trustees happened to have their meeting that day, so some of the board of trustees stopped by. Um, so once again, where do where would somebody go if they wanted to find this scholarship application for Mendocino College? So they would go to the URL mendocinocollege.awardspring.com. And do they, they already have to have a student ID? Yes. They'll have to have applied for Mendocino College, but it's a quick application. Normally IT, we have one of the best IT teams. They are great. They turn around um, and get our students their MyMendo login typically within 24 hours. They're pretty quick. Okay. So they have to be, they have to have the application filled out, but they don't actually have to be enrolled. Like, do they have to be enrolled in classes? No, they don't have to be enrolled in classes. Okay. They just have to have a Mendocino College application on file with a student ID number and a MyMendo login. Okay. So all of that pretty simple, basic stuff, and then they can apply for the scholarship. And then if their plans change, then, you know, we, it does sometimes happen that we have to reassign a scholarship because the students' plans have changed. But like I said before, better to be in that scenario than to realize that, oh, no, I am indeed going to be going to Mendo this semester, and darn it, I wish I had applied for that scholarship. Yeah, I think during the pandemic, I really started looping it into my conversation with students about, you know, even if you're planning on going to a four-year, which, you know, at four-year, your, your general ed classes are going to have anywhere from 200 to 300 students, whereas at Mendocino College, we have a cap of 25, so just keep that mm -hmm. in mind. Not uh, to mention the price tag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> so the other really quick thing I want to mention since we're talking about scholarships is that we actually administer through the foundation the Adopt-A-Fifth-Grader scholarships. And so that's something else 
from a donor perspective if people wanted to support. Um, that's students who are in fifth grade who um, teachers at those elementary schools identify students who have potential, who show a lot of promise, but might not have the resources or the role models in their lives to think of themselves as college bound. And so the adoptive fifth grader is all about planting those seeds to make those students think of themselves as someone who could go to college, regardless of whether they want to get a um, career technical education, sort of more VOTEC certificate, or they want to get an associate's degree, or they want to transfer, you know, any of those possibilities, you can start at Mendocino College Kingstone. But the adoptive fifth grader is kind of about inspiring young people at 10 or 11 years old to think of their future and to start planning for that. So with a $700 donation, you can adopt a fifth grader. So if you wanted more information, you can find that on our website, which is foundation.mendocino.edu. Okay, well, I'd like to thank you, Eliza, for being with me here today. You have been listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. My guest today has been Eliza Greider, our scholarship coordinator for the foundation. And I'm your host, Julie McGovern, executive director of the Mendocino College Foundation. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Yeah.